0: This is Stephen Strang. I created The Guide Trump in the 2020 Election to feature uh, interviews and opinion about my book by the same title, Guide Trump in the 2020 Election. I did many podcasts, but I wanted to do it rather than put them all on my Strang report uh, because I wanted to be able to focus on it. I knew there would be a somewhat different audience and an amazing 1.3 million downloads of these podcasts took place we've decided to leave the podcast up even though the election's over but i have not issued any new podcast until today and what you're about to hear is a very interesting interview with reverend robert reeves who i introduce on the podcast he had written me and said that he thought that god trump in the 2020 election was still a very interesting book, a very important book. And so I was so intrigued by this. I called him, talked to him, and he agreed to do a podcast just to share his views. And so I'm sharing it with you on my God, Trump, and the 2020 election podcast. And at the end of the podcast are some special bundles. Uh, You can buy uh, two, three, or all four books for different prices— Uh, $7, $10, or $15, and these vary in price from $36 retail up to $86 retail. You can find all about it at stevestrangbooks.com. So here's my podcast with Pastor Reeves. This is Stephen Strang, and welcome everyone to the Strang Report podcast, the podcast that encourages you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, if you've been listening to my podcast very long, that I've done several books. The one that came out a little over a year ago was God, Trump, and the 2020 election, which after the election was over, I assumed was done. In fact, as I record this, I'm actually away working on my next book, which I'll wait to talk about later. But I got a very interesting email from a pastor in South Carolina. His name is pastor Robert Reeves. He pastors the Indian Fields United Methodist Church in St. George, South Carolina, and his email, which to me came out of the clear blue, said that he really thought that there were things about the book that were still important. And I was so intrigued, we ended up exchanging emails and talking, and I thought, you know what, I want to do a podcast on why this United Methodist pastor would think that there are things that are still relevant. And then at the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a very, very special offer if you're interested in that or any of my books. Welcome to you, Pastor. I so appreciate you writing me like that. I mean, that took a lot of initiative, and I'm just interested if you would tell my listeners what it was that prompted you to write it, and, you know, what thoughts do you have about God, Trump, and the 2020 election after the election?
1: Well, thank you, Stephen. Uh, it's an honor, and I'm humbled to have this opportunity to talk to you and have my blessing bless one of the body of Christ as they listen to this eventually. Your book that was released a year ago now, God, Trump, and the 2020 election, I assume many persons listening to this podcast will be familiar with the book, but if you aren't, you need to get familiar with the book. When I wrote you the email, part of my thinking was, God, I trust that Stephen Strange is not primarily thinking that this book is now obsolete because the election is over. People should have read this book before the election, but they need to read it again or they need to read it for the first time because there's information in it which I thought you did a great job, the chapters that deal with what will happen should Trump not win re-election. Those chapters were reasonable. They were not fatalistic. They were not sensationalized by negativity. They just told the facts. And what I'm getting to, as you may know, Stephen, talking to the many, many people that you do, too much of the body of Christ right now is really struggling with having a negative or fatalistic mindset about, quote, dear God, what's going to happen now because things didn't go the way that we assumed they would or that they should. Now, that's a legitimate question for people to think that, but they've got to look at it through the mind of Christ and not through fear and fatigue and fatalism as if God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, fell off the throne because, very arguably, very understandably, the better candidate did not win as to looking to who supports Judeo-Christian values the
0: most that we could have put in the Oval Office. Well, I think this is very interesting, and, of course, that's why I wanted to, you know, have a conversation, kind of pick your brain a little bit, because you and I had, well, actually, we did meet. You told me that we met in St. Louis at a big charismatic conference around maybe 2000. And you had a suggestion for a series of articles in Charisma that we actually followed up on. But, you know, I appreciate what you said about the book. I had a whole podcast. There's a separate podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network called guy trump at the 2020 election we had over 1.3 million people listen to it i haven't done any new episodes since the election but it's still up and people are still downloading it uh but you're right i i wrote the book to try to wake up the body of christ because a lot of people are kind of apathetic and because i believed that the consequences of the i'm going to call it the left because to me this is more than just republican and democrat partisan uh differences It's the extreme left that's really trying to impose a godless agenda on our country. And I just felt it was very serious. So the first chapter is why Trump must win. Now that's written from my perspective as a Christian, of course. And then the second chapter, why Trump might lose. And I was not writing it to be prophetic. I was analyzing that there were a number of things that could have happened that would have cost him the election, such as starting a war in the Middle East with Iran. The economy plummeting, which it actually did during the COVID lockdown, but also came roaring back. You know, all those things were important. But one of the biggest things was the possibility of fraud. And I did a lot of research. Some of the fraud that came out later was not uh, mainly with the computer systems, you know, fr- from other countries. And all that kind of stuff. I did not come across that. It was mostly the mail-in fraud, the effort by the Chinese communists to influence certain left-wing groups to really do things, ballot harvesting and all that kind of stuff. It turns out to be kind of be prophetic in a sense, because I personally believe that Donald Trump won. And I personally believe it was stolen. But the fact is that Joe Biden is in and we've got to learn to live with it. And so I was just interested in your reaction and you know, there were a lot of other things that weren't so much about Trump or the election. I I told somebody that I really feel it was more about what's going on in America. And meanwhile, we had this rather brusque New York billionaire who was actually a champion of our conservative and Judeo-Christian values. And that, you know, it comes down to a binary choice. It was either him or the other side. And when I wrote the book, I finished it around Labor Day of, of 2019, and at the time, there was no clear-cut frontrunner in the Democrats, and so I did not deal with that. I did not speculate about it. My attitude is that their policies alone were such that if any of the, well, I don't remember the number, 14 or 15 candidates, it would be equally bad. That was kind of the tone I took in the book, so I was really kind of analyzing what's going on in America, and is it possible that God raised up this unlikely person which i i really believe that god did raise him up in the same way that you raised up winston churchill and abraham lincoln and even george washington you know a kind of pivotal time in world history or our nation's history so i i find your uh, thoughts very very interesting so maybe you could elaborate a little more because i'm hoping that the listeners will want to go to stevestrangbooks.com and order a copy or maybe all four of my books that I wrote, because the first one was God and Donald Trump, which was actually the uh, soul better than the rest of them. And it was kind of on the miracle of the 2016 election. It was uh, followed up by Trump Aftershock on uh, what happened after he got in office. There was this book. And then when COVID hit, uh, I wrote God, Trump, and COVID 19. And it was really part B of this book, because if, if it had happened when I was writing the book, of course, I would have included it. And it did surprisingly well. It uh, it was kind of the right thing at the right time. It was a smallish book. It was only 35,000 words. But um, so now I have four books. My next book is not going to be about Trump, but it is going to be about, uh, you know, what's happening in our world and where is God in all this. So, you know, you're my guest and I realize I'm doing most of the talking. So I just wonder what other thoughts you would have for my listeners?
1: Well, um, again, some persons may look at your book, God, Trump in the 2020 Election, and think, well, why should I bother to read this book now and after all? There is so much information in the news media, of course, taking for granted that most of your listeners would hold the truth that that media coverage is biased. It's to the left. But as much information as there is out there to the left, to the right, or maybe something that could be objectively done, people can be overwhelmed by the amount of information. What I like about your book, well, there's many things I like about it, but if someone said, name one reason why I should read this book, I would call it a primer for what is going on it is a book that is what 230 something pages uh, maybe i'm not exact about that yes that's about right 225 pages that if you look at this you get a thorough synopsis of what was going on Um, i'm not saying it's exhaustive but it is about the election and so see people are intimidated by discussing this or looking at the information because it's overwhelming. Also, your book, one way I would advertise it, and I want the listeners to know, uh, Stephen Strange did not tell me to say this, but I'm saying it because I believe it is the Spirit of the Lord talking. Um, You could look at this book and say, if you need to read one book, that can begin to train your mind to think about the major issues that you must be able to converse about at least at an elementary level, this book will help you do that. Now, that doesn't mean that everything in the book is, stays at the elementary level. Uh, You go into deep enough content that if someone could memorize everything in the books, even, they'd think you were a political scientist or something. Uh, They would think you had been studying these things for years. The book is well written. But I like the fact that it is written in a way that the novice can read this, and can follow it and can get the major points that they need to be that they're concerned about that they need to be able to discuss with others and the person that's been following politics and or the kingdom of God and can look into what God is saying they can also read this and it goes much deeper so Uh, To use this metaphor, this book is written in a way that it can help the person that's in the first grade of learning about where we are politically, and it can also help the person that's at the graduate and doctorate level studying what God is doing and what's happening. So that's another way I would describe why people need to look at this book. It's not obsolete. It's just as valuable today as it was before the election. Something that you said that I want to add to about Donald Trump, I know that we have plenty of never-Trumpers who consider themselves orthodox or evangelical, and uh, this statement's not made to try to overwhelm their never-Trumper, never-Trumper, never-Trumper attitude, but here's something about the economy of God that I find interesting that you made references to in god raising up a key influential leader in god's sense of wisdom and humor um that surpasses our best thinking god looked at someone that could reach out to the common person who felt that both the democrats and republicans had lost touch with them God raised up a man that could speak their language that was not a, quote, professional politician. I find it interesting that the Lord did that. And so some of the Never Trumper evangelicals I'm referring to, um, they thought, well, God couldn't use this man. He's made much of his wealth on things that we cannot condone or promote or agree with in Christendom. And he has a sordid past lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it reminds me of a statement that comes straight out of the Gospels. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of any towns that we, the Jewish people, have decided are Ichabod or forsaken by God? Jesus was called out of a place that the, most well-informed Jewish theological thinkers, rabbis, and followers of the Lord then thought he couldn't come from there. Isn't God like that, that God will raise people up that come from the quote, wrong side of the tracks? Now, I hope that your listeners understand I'm not condoning any one person's total behavior and lifestyle, past, present, or future. I'm not saying that Donald Trump doesn't need the grace of God. He needs the grace of God as much as all the rest of us. But I just find it interesting that God chose a man to help to rectify and address issues that no, quote, professional politician had been able to do. And that's very interesting. Yes, I know Trump has his... um, quirks or his bull in the china shop approach that turns off some people. um, He could be smoother or what have you. But the fact that God used Donald Trump the way he did, at least for me, reminds me that the Lord takes me, warts, bad days, and all, and will use me beyond my own abilities so I want people to think about that sometimes as far as uh, Donald Trump goes. And as one other thing I'd add right now that, yes, we can get lost on. I support Trump I unashamedly, eventually, ultimately decided to vote for him, both in 16 and 20. But we also need to consider. We're concerned about who the president is as best as it represents the kingdom of God. It's not that we're wanting to exclusively, blindly vote and support anything Trump wants. It's that Christians, we're looking at the kingdom of God, and this man fit the bill superior to the other choice. And we were thinking about that. And so sometimes I've heard persons, as you have too, say, well, why can't you folks see through Trump's weaknesses? I do see through his weaknesses. I say that as respectfully as I can. We are talking about the former president of the United States. I just was thinking more about what can God best use? And I thought that he was the superior choice. And again, back to your book. Your book helps to illustrate that. If people haven't lived in the climate, political climate culture of Washington, D.C., if they've never been there or they don't know someone that has lived there and can talk that language and can talk about the pressure and the enormous sense of this is a different world they they don't know what that's like to be there and your your book helps to explain that a little bit uh, it helps people to become a little more familiar about that but we have to have great mercy on those that are working in Washington DC the pressure that they're under from the demonic from darkness is unbelievable and we needed a person that would withstand that and not so easily cave into it i think your book again um directly indirectly helps to refer to that and that's another reason i would commend recommend the book to
0: anyone well thank you and i'll just make one or two more observations as we wrap up this podcast but there's a whole chapter on some of the things you're talking about the pressures in washington I think I called it something to the effect of Washington and evangelicals before Trump. Because, you know, with Paula White and some of the other Franklin Graham and those who have kind of surrounded the president, the media makes it sound like this is a first time deal. And that's not the case. And my friend Doug Weed, who actually served in the George H.W. Bush White House, gave me some great stories I also have a whole chapter on the relationship between blacks and the Democratic Party that really goes way, mm-hmm. way beyond the 2020 election. And I deal with sp- spiritual warfare. A lot of Christians don't even really understand mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. And when you look at it from that point of view, I think it makes some sense. I thought your point about these never Trumpers holding Trump to a different standard, which, by the way, all the stuff that we criticize was mostly 10 or 15 years ago, including the accusations Mm -hmm. from this stripper named Stormy Daniels, who, you know, the media made a big deal about. And in fact, I was on CNN. They wanted, you know, I guess they wanted an evangelical to say, hey, Trump's gone too far. You know, we don't support him anymore. But they picked the wrong person when they called me. And Allison Camarado said, aren't evangelicals looking the other way with all this stuff about Trump? And. I said no more than the media did looking the other way with John Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson and all the women they ha- and Bill Clinton. And uh, she didn't have an answer I, to that, uh, you know, and even with Biden, you know, we're not here really to talk about President Biden. But, you know, his current wife was the babysitter for the children. And isn't that interesting how they got together, both of them getting a divorce? Uh, that's never mentioned. And and mm-hmm. maybe shouldn't be. But uh, if they're going to hold Trump to that standard and criticize him for having three marriages, uh, you know, Biden has had two uh, under uh, questionable sources. And then when the deals with foreign governments and his son, Hunter, is, mm-hmm. is listen, the Trump kids met or a couple of the Trump children met for like an hour with a Russian who wanted to meet with them. Uh, and there was some question, of did they have some uh, dirt on the other side or something? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it very well. I do deal with it in the book. The point I'm trying to make, it was minor, in my opinion, it was minor, minor, minor to the stuff that's come out on Hunter Biden, but somehow there's a total double standard. But you know what, that's the subject for another day. I guess I just couldn't resist kind of throwing that in. But I think your observation about Donald Trump is right on. And, you know, as a writer, we rarely talk to people who actually read the book. I mean, you know, there's some media like the theater, for example, where the actors would get immediate feedback from the audience. They laugh, they cry, they get up and walk out, you know, whatever the actors know. But when Mm -hmm. you're in media like I am, you know, you're not, other than a few letters to the editor or something, or a phone call or two, you really don't get the feedback. So I appreciate the feedback that you gave, and as we wrap up, for people who want to find out more about Pastor Robert Reeves and Indian Fields United Methodist Church in St. George, South Carolina, how would they contact you or or find out more about your ministry?
1: The best way to get in touch with us at Indian Phil, you could find us on the internet. That is Indian Phil United Methodist Church, St. George, South Carolina. But I'll also give an email address, uh, if I may, if people want to contact us. I'll, I'll give my personal one. That's uh, 63-PTC, as in Paul, Tom, and Kat, 63-PTC at Earthlink. Dot .net. Um, you may contact me if you wish to. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, I believe the only Robert Reeves United Methodist minister in the United States. So I'm not that hard to find. Um, I know we've got to go, but uh, you, chapter five, what you're talking about, Washington Evangelicals before Trump is excellent. And also chapter three, uh, the black Americans, Democrats, and Trump. That's something that many uh, Caucasian folks in America need to understand more where the African-American community is coming from, what the Democratic Party has tried to do there, and that Trump was making tremendous inroads to the African-American community and other ethnic minority groups. And this was one of the reasons he was so threatening to those that opposed him, because he was reaching out and effectively connecting to many many people groups
0: well thank you pastor reeves for taking time out of a very busy schedule to be on my podcast i hope that people will want to uh, contact you also there are listeners who know someone who would find this podcast interesting so you can forward it to it on itunes and some of the other podcast networks You know, give us a good rating. Subscribe. It helps the podcast grow. And it's listeners like you who have helped us just pass 9.5 million downloads since the podcast started in 2015. And I appreciate your listening for tuning in every day for a new podcast, reading my newsletter, the other things that we do. Thank you very much. We're just trying to minister to you. We're trying to be faithful to what God has called us to do. We're trying to provide an alternative to the media. I was, you know, if you know me very well, you know that I was trained to be a secular journalist and was early in my career. But God has given me a platform. I try to report things truthfully and from my biblical perspective, which you don't even get from a lot of the so-called Christian media out there. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you for tuning in today to The Strang Report on the Charisma Podcast Network.